campus missionary, I guess is my title. Um, so I teach and get together with students, uh, mostly at QCC, and then some high schoolers, some of your high schoolers. Um, so uh, before, I guess that's like the fancy um, title, but, but on, we're all ladies here, so we can be a little bit more honest, right? I'm a sinful person who just battles anxiety and confusion and insecurity, right? Um, like many of you guys, like all of us. Um, but I'm loved by a great and awesome and merciful God, a God who had every right to do whatever he wanted, um, negatively speaking, and yet um, gives a lot of grace. And, um, yeah, and so, and by offering me Christ, treated me, treated Christ as I should have been treated, and yet I get the grace and, um, and the mercy. So I'm here to talk about comfort. Um, I was told to come in my, in my PJs, like many of you. I wore something comfy, not necessarily what I wear to bed, but the balance of appropriate and, <laughs> and um, needs to happen. So, um, and so, um, so I, it's nice to, and I was telling Christina, I'm like, I don't think I've ever really spoken in sweats, and, but I've been on mission trips with many of your students, and they would disagree. Um, and so I have. So, so this will be, be fun. But finding comfort in Jesus, um, wanted to have a couple of definitions about what comfort is. And so there's, I found two definitions. One is, um, the first one there, okay, a state of physical ease and freedom from pain or constraint. We're going to argue that one a little bit. I think there's, there's going to be some, some issues with that one. But that's one of them. That's the first one that comes up. And then the second one, um, the easing or alleviation of a person's feelings of grief or distress. Um, so this is kind of what Webster says is comfort, right? Um, so we have a lot of comfort. It's like a whole niche, right? Like a, a whole... Um, we have a lot of comfortable things. We've got, uh, I don't know what the first slide is actually because I'm not, I don't think this is in the same order. But in the next slide, um, I think, yes, we've got comfortable clothing, right? Some sweats, a messy bun. I don't know what that pineapple phone is about. But, um, but we've got comfy clothing. Um, we've got comfort movies. I think that's the next slide. I put a couple, and comfort TV, right? I put, a, I put mine. Let's be honest. So 13 going on 30, I don't, I don't know if that's like a guilty pleasure, but if it's on TV, I'm watching it. Um, Forrest Gump is another one, and then New England sports. I mean, we're ladies, but we're also New England ladies, so a lot of us, we watch sports for fun too. It's not, um, we've got comfort zones. We've got comfort foods. And so when I Googled comfort foods, this is what came up, Right. And I looked at that, and I was like, none of this makes me comfortable. Um, because I personally, so I have a gluten allergy, right? And so I cannot have, I can basically only have the coleslaw. And who likes coleslaw, like, as a meal out of that whole plate? And so clearly comfort is relative, right? Because that is, is not, and we, I spent some time in Georgia, and I saw a whole table full of casseroles, and... They were good. I'd never had them. So it was a new 
wasn't necessarily comforting. Um, it became comforting after a while, but um, we're going to talk about finding comfort in in Jesus, and it's a little bit different than what we're used to, um, a little bit different than than some of the, those images, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Actually, it's really different. So um, we're going to read Psalm 34 is where we're at. Um, we're actually going to read the whole thing. There's a lot of comfort in this psalm. Um, and so it's going to be up on the screen, hopefully, um, yeah. Um, and so it says, um, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name Forever. Fun fact, that's also like a fun wedding verse. Just putting it out there for people. Um, Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. That's going to be important. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see, the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and who loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. And this is probably one of the most, um, you may have heard this um, before. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, and not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. So there is a lot of comfort in this psalm, it's so nice um, in in many ways, but I don't and I don't know if many of you have in your Bibles if it has a little description at the top. It says Psalm thirty four, and there might be a little description. Um, what does it say if if your Bible has it? It says what was it? The Lord delivers the righteous. Does anyone have a little description that says yeah? Yeah, when David, um, and so mine says of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. That's weird. First of all, most of the Psalms don't give you a context, right? They're just Psalms. This one does, and then you're like, what the? So I I went back um, because 
And I looked at the source of this psalm, and it's a really unusual source to find comfort. So here's the backstory. It's going to be, um, and you can just listen. Let me see. Um, the, the backstory is found in 1 Samuel 21. The backdrop of this is um, David, King David, before he officially became king, is actually um, running from his life. <laughs> Bit weird to be writing a psalm when you're running, f- literally fleeing for his life. Um, he was fleeing from Saul, uh, who was the king at the time and was insanely jealous of David and wanted to kill David. And so David is running for his um, life. He's not fleeing to be more comfortable. He's not saying, well, this is kind of weird. Let me go over here. Um, he's running for his life. And in that search, in that, that fleeing, he doesn't necessarily do the right thing. Um, in fact, he kind of, this is, it's, it's weird. Here's um, 1 Samuel 21, 10 through 15. Um, and David rose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. So, in the Psalm 34, it says Abimelech. They believe that Abimelech is um, the title of the king, like Pharaoh or Caesar. That's kind of where you're like, oh, that's a different king name. That's, that's where that is. Um, king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances? Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. And David took these words to heart and was much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before him. And then listen to this. And pretended to be insane in their hands and made marks on the doors of the gates and let his spittle run down his beard. Then Achish said to his servants, Behold, you see the man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen that you brought this fellow to behave as a madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? So David almost gets caught. And David, David is good at running away. He was just doing that. He, he was running away from Saul. David is clearly a good fighter. This says it. David killed his ten thousands. But David doesn't run away. David doesn't fight. He chooses to go crazy. Somehow this was the most logical step in David's mind. Um, so maybe he was overwhelmed or overburdened. So he pretended to be something he wasn't. Um, people have argued back and forth if this was the right thing to do or not. Some people are like, this was genius. This was a great move. Um, for the most part, we're like, yeah, no. <laughs> We don't really condone this behavior. Um, We can't really condone lying and acting a fool, literally. Um, But then the question is, don't we do that sometimes? Um, Sometimes we don't physically run away, but we run by pretending to be something we're not. Um, and, And sometimes the criticism and the cynicism and the comparisons and the anger and the jealousies and overwhelming fear... uh, can just drive us to go a little crazy. Um, And yet, we're called to trust in the Lord like David. How do we know that? Because as a result of this, we get Psalm 34. 
That's a very different context. All of a sudden, Psalm 34 takes a much deeper meaning. He's not writing this from a nice place. He's not even writing this from a place of righteousness where he can say, I did all the right things. He's writing it from a place of messed up. He's writing it from a place of grace. (laughs) Um, We don't know why David chose to go this route. Um, When things were too much to bear, and we can't condone his behavior, and there were consequences to this behavior. Um, So we we can't deny that. But eventually, David found solace in the Lord, Psalm 34 was a result. Some people believe because of verse 11 in Psalm um, 34 that he's reflecting on these events and because he's telling, come, old children, listen to me. So he's thinking back and saying, uh, don't do what I did. Um, and that's why I actually love this psalm even more because it's messy. David messed up. Despite his sin, despite going, think, going about things the wrong way, he ran and found comfort in the Lord. It is never, ever too late to turn to the Lord to find comfort in our time of need. Some of us think that we find comfort when we've all done the right thing and we finally get to take a break, right? A lot of us, that's, that's what retirement is. I, I put in my 20, 25 years, and now I finally get to relax and be comfortable, Um, But comfort in the Lord is totally different. It is a gift of grace. Um, And it is given to us in our time of need. David ran to the Lord. And I want us to see this, that we can go to him at all times. Um, And so some of us might say, all right, but David had this crazy, strong relationship with God. That's not really me. Uh, I'm still caught up in that fear. In that first Samuel passage, it says that David was afraid of the king, and that's why he acted that way. And you're like, well, I'm just kind of more like, I like this fear. (laughs) I'm more involved in this fear. I'm still caught up in fear. I'm still kind of, I don't know how to not pretend to be something I'm not. It just comes naturally to to just, it's easier to pretend to be something I'm not um, than, than trying to figure out my own way. Um, but I think this passage of Scripture says the, the, the comfort that David experienced, even despite his messy life, is actually available to you, to all of us. And how, how do we know this? Um, I love that last verse, in, um, and we're going to jump to the New Testament um, now. Um, making sure I have the, the right thing. Um, I love the last verse in Psalm 34. It says, The Lord redeems the life of his servants, and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. We jump over to Romans 8, and it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. In Christ, we are not condemned, despite our past, despite our insecurities. Um, Psalm 34 tells us to turn away from evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. Our natural inclination, not just as women, as humans, is to think that if we assume that if we do good things, we replace the awful things with the good things, um, in the end, we're going to be comforted if our good outweighs the bad. Well, you know, I did mess up, but overall, I'm okay. Um, but biblically, this isn't good. Biblically, this doesn't work. 
court of law this doesn't work. I tell this to my students all the time. Um, I use a lot of court analogies. My background is actually in criminal justice. And so I, I, I tend to go that route a lot with, with, with students. But if we're guilty before a court, before a judge, even if we come up with all the nice things we've done, are you guilty? If I, if I committed a murder and um, I go to the judge and I say, yeah, but judge, I'm a missionary and I teach Sunday school <laughs> and I'm really nice and I mentor all these students and, and I go watch dumb movies with, with students like I am tonight. Um, and, um, and I do all these things. That would make no sense if the judge were to say, oh, okay, you, clearly all the good things, you've only committed one murder, and you've got this really good, you know, and yet we think that that's what God is going to be like, right? Our good is going to outweigh our bad, and so we're just going to show up to heaven and say, you know, overall, I wasn't Hitler, so. Um, biblically, that's not how that, that works. Um, biblically, the way to peace is life in the spirit. The way of peace is not good versus bad, more good versus little bad. It's seeking life in the spirit. And we see this in David. Um, He sought the Lord. David was not a man after God's own heart. The Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. Um, He wasn't a man after God's own heart because his good outweighed the bad. Because if you read the story of David, that's probably not true. <laughs> David had David was shady in many, in, and that's putting it mildly. <laughs> David had some pretty bad moments, um, but he was not a, a man after God's own heart because his good outweighed the bad. He was a man after God's own heart because he sought the Lord. Those of us in Christ, each one of us in Christ have been given God's spirit to seek him and find peace and life in him. This is where comfort comes from. Verses 15 to 17 in Romans 8 um, tells us, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness uh, with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, and heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, um, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. I'm going to talk a little bit about that suffering piece, but spirit of adoption. This is little kid comfort. When you think of little kids, and they're just comfortable. They just sleep anywhere. My church is loud, and you just see kids, like, just sleeping, like, anywhere. They're just comfortable. They do whatever, especially the little ones. I mean, they poop wherever they want to go because they're wearing a diaper. They're just always comfortable. I'm not saying that necessarily applies spiritually, but um, maybe not that example. Um, But you you think of the level of a child's comfort when they're with mom, dad, when they're with that 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 parent that they are they love and trust wholeheartedly. And that's what God offers to us. We are his children. We can rest in the comfort of his care. But what about this suffering thing? What the heck? Verse 17, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified in him. That first definition of suffer of comfort was like, hey, the alleviation of pain. 
Biblically, we don't really see that. We don't see that Psalm, came, Psalm 34 came from a place of non-pain. Actually, Psalm 34 came from a place of pain. So how is it that he finds all this comfort from there? Um, there's something about comfort that does not mean easiness. Um, Matthew Henry puts it this way. It's the constant practice of real believers when in distress to cry unto God. And it is their constant comfort that he hears them. Um, the righteous are taken under the special protection of the Lord, yet they have their share of crosses in this world, and there are those that hate them. Both from the mercy of heaven and the malice of hell, the afflictions of the righteous may be many, but whatever troubles befall them shall not hurt their souls, for God keeps them. And verse 18 reminds us that the suffering does not compare to the future glory. Um, Verse 28, I think, is the crowning jewel of this chapter. I love this verse. Many of you may have heard it or know it. Romans 8, 28 tells us, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Um, And then, I mean, I, I say that's the crowning jewel, but we go to verse 31, and this is even might be even more amazing. Um, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave, us, gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus, the one who died. More than that, who was raised and is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? This is that childlike trust. Um, shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine? We certainly see that. That's where this is exactly where Psalm thirty-four came from. Persecution, distress, um, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. And then we'll jump to verse thirty. Um, 37, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor heights nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the wrath of God. In, yeah, no, is not what it, that not what it says? Will be able to separate us from God's disdain. Uh, we'll be able to separate us from God's tolerance. Maybe. We'll be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The reality is comfort is a gift of grace, not an emotion. I love being in comfy clothes. I love that I can be here in comfy clothes. Uh, But comfort is a gift of grace and not... um... Have you ever tried to do all the things we mentioned at the beginning, the comfy clothes, the comfort foods, your favorite movie, and still not found peace? Like you're, you're like at home and you're like the most comfortable you can be and you're still like battling with some anxiety. Comfort is a gift of grace given to us by God in Christ. How else do persecuted men like David and Paul, well acquainted with suffering and past sin, Write these deep, comforting truths. It's not manufactured. It's given. It's grace. 
So then the question is, are we finding our real comfort in Christ? Or are we stuck to pretending to be someone we're not? God can use even our awful past for his glory and our good, which is our ultimate comfort. When things got dangerous, David fled physically. When things got overwhelming, he fled mentally, right? But we can see that he eventually fled to the Lord. And sisters, we can flee and find comfort in the Lord at all times, even in the not-so-great times. The Lord became David's refuge, the one who would redeem, save, heal, and work all things out for the good. So when life gets overwhelming, when persecution comes from an unlikely source, in David's case, persecution came from his father-in-law. So this was literally family that was chasing him down. Um, We can flee to Christ and, and live according to the Spirit. We can trust in him. We can run to God for refuge. Um... And he develops God's, the fruit of God's spirit in us. And despite his imperfect example, which is why I love using David, um, despite his imperfect example, we see that in David, as evidenced by the Psalms, and his heart after God's. So ladies, going back to Psalm 34, verse 3, let us seek the Lord together. And I love that you guys are doing the cafe thing. Um, Seek the Lord together. Experience his goodness together. And in verse 18, let him be near. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. Let him be near. Uh, And if you're not in trouble, this is not you. You're like, "Ah, yeah, life is good. Actually, I'm pretty comfortable. Um, Verse 11 in, in Psalm 34 says, come, O children, listen to me. My encouragement to you, if life is good, because let's be honest, for some of us, we're in a good place. And so we, we don't need to all be miserable right? <laughs> or all be struggling with something. Um, but verse 11 in Psalm 34, come with children, listen to me. Hold on to these truths and teach them to others. Um, so my final questions, where do we... No, where are my final questions? I think I... Um, Are we finding our comfort in Christ? Are we stuck pretending to be something we're not? Where do we find our comfort? And what do we do when faced with fear and insecurity? Comfort does not just happen because we throw on a pair of sweats. We seek it, we cultivate it, and God gives it to us. Um, And so how are you nurturing God's spirit in your life? Let's pray. God, we're, um, we're so thankful that you are a God of comfort, that in spite of our past or our sin or our insecurities or anxieties or in spite of what others have done to us, um, God, that you, you can bestow um, the grace of comfort in you. In spite of suffering, in spite of, um, of God, comforts that deceive us into thinking that we are comfortable, the comforts of this world, um, that we can turn to you in our time of need or even in our time of comfort, knowing that you have purpose, knowing that you are calling us to you to cultivate a life of love and grace, 
a life where we are teaching and modeling um, to others, and a life where we can enjoy your spirit's rule in our hearts, God, and we can enjoy your peace. Um, We can seek your peace, and we can pursue it, and we understand that this is all given to us because it is something that Christ earned on the cross. And now that we are in Christ, we can enjoy these benefits. Um, So, God, we pray that your spirit would put in us a desire to seek you, to seek your comfort, to seek your your face. Lord, we thank you for your word. We we pray that in our time of need, we would turn to this as well um, and find solace, find encouragement, and find encouragement for others. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray.